This is Professor Pete Alexander with the Winning a Business and Life podcast, where business leaders share their insights. It is six questions in seven minutes, because successful business leaders are busy and rarely have more time to spare. So let's get to it. Question number one, in a few sentences, please tell me who you are and what you do. So hello, Professor Pete. My name is Amanda Slady. I am the CEO of Vital Circle. Uh, Vital Circle is a clinically-led COVID-19 daily symptom tracking and contact tracing company uh, founded, obviously, during the pandemic. Um, We are a woman-owned business um, founded and headquartered here in Chicago, and we provide leaders with the data and analytics they need to mitigate the risk of potential exposure and spread of COVID-19 in their population. Well, Amanda, it is a pleasure to have you on the show, and I suppose you're probably a little bit busy with COVID. (laughs) A little bit, a little bit. Oh, great. Question number two, what is something that makes you smile and or laugh about working in your industry? So that was a really good question when you sent it to me, and I, I was thinking, I was like, God, I was like, there's so many things I could talk about, but I will be honest, the biggest thing that brings smiles or makes me laugh is when I have conversations with um, clients or potential clients around contact tracing. Mm -hmm. It amazes me the questions that I get about it. Um, You know, oh, it's Big Brother, you're recording us, all that other fun stuff. Um, You know, and I always like lovingly say to people, your cell phone is actually more invasive than the technology that we use. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times have you had a conversation with somebody about, you know, some new product that's come out in market And then the next day you open up and in your Google feed, you got that product advertised or in your Facebook feed. So, um, you know, I always lovingly say to people that, you know, for us, we look at proximity contact tracing um, as, you know, wanting or, you know, I lovingly say, I don't care where your contact happens. I just care about knowing that it happens. Um, And so, you know, for us, we focus on just knowing the duration uh, date and the amount of distance um, for the contacts. Again, don't care if it's at the line of McDonald's, don't care if it's in conference room A, B, or C. Um, so it's always funny for me when people are like, well, you're recording my conversations. You know, you know exactly what I'm having for lunch every day. And I'm like, seriously, don't care. I mean, I care, but I seriously don't care. <laughs> yep. And I totally agree about the phone and, and, and the web and everything all connected and stuff. It's always crazy how you think, okay, how come they know about this when I just was talking to, as you said, with a friend or you clicked on a particular link and now you're just getting bombarded. So absolutely. It's way okay. more. Yeah. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> Question number three, I have a fictitious book with all the answers <gasps> for business. What chapter would you think most companies should read? Wow. I mean, number one, I think it's exciting that you have that book and I'd like a copy. Is it available on Audible? Um, Uh (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, looking at your mission and vision and some to some extent values of your organization and making sure that the team that you've built around your organization um, believe in that mission and vision. Um, And I really I believe that that's really the base and the structure of putting any type of organization or human beings together. Um, you know, focused on, you know, an endpoint or a goal. Um, And I think a lot of times as leaders, we look at it more from a financial standpoint. And I think, you know, I'm not saying that finances aren't important. I'm not saying that money doesn't drive people. That's not what I'm saying. So don't quote me on that. Um, But what I'm saying is, I think, you know, when you have a unified mission or vision um, with regard to your company and the team that you've hired and that the team you've created and put around you, um, follows and believes in that mission and vision, um, you're going to be way more successful 
than if you're, you know, forcing it down their throats. Um, you know, and I think the other thing that's really important for leaders, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, is identifying those people who are just not on the same path as you. And, you know, making that hard decision to pull off the band-aid, soon, band-aid sooner than later. Because um, I think waiting and thinking, oh, we'll get this person on board or we'll, you know, this person will come along, but they're really a great CPA or they're really good, you know, whatever their position might be. Um, it actually is detrimental to the rest of the group and really having that, you know, focus forward movement. Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, you have somebody that's, you know, the wrong person in the, in, in the wrong seat. And, and it's just, it, yeah, I like what you say about rip the bandaid off, you know, cause that it's just gonna, it's gonna prolong the agony if not. So it's great insight. Question number four, other than the generic work harder, have a great attitude and care for customers. What advice would you give to other business leaders? So this is another good one. Um, I think, you know, it's vulnerability. Um, and when I say vulnerability, it's not, you know, crying in front of your team, although I think every company should have a crier, um, <laughs> um, you know, but I think as being vulnerable as a leader, um, you know, learning from not only your wins, but also from your failures or your losses, um, you know, as a leader raising your hand and saying, you know, I don't have the best decision or I don't have the best idea behind this, because I believe if you've built the right team around you and the right individuals, um, they're going to be there for you know the long term, and they're going to have the same path of growth as you. And for you know for me to be able to say you know say to my developer Paul, um, I have no idea how to do this, but this is what I want to do. And he can come back to me and say you know this is a bunch of hooey. We're not going to do it. It's a waste of time. Or be like, oh my god, this is a great idea. Here's how you do it. Um, you know, I think that just builds trust in your organization and within your team. Um, because quite honestly, even though my title is CEO doesn't mean that I have all the answers. And it doesn't mean that even the answers that I have are always going to be right. Um, So I think it's about being vulnerable. Um, I think it's about owning up to not making the right decisions and kind of raising your hand and saying, hey, guys, sorry, I took us down this path. But like, let's let's backtrack. Let's reverse and see how we can fix this. Um, Or I take ownership for the decision that was made, but it was the wrong decision. And let's let's figure it out as a team. I really like that a lot. And you're absolutely right. When when the leader is vulnerable, in my experience, that does create a lot more trust because that person, the, the, the people that report to that person, they realize, okay, that person's human. And exactly. it, it's just, it, it, it's amazing how, and how, how you shared that insight. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I, ju- I just find, I mean, even with my team, when I, you know, I, I use Paul as an example, but, you know, my designer, Lenny, I love her to death and I'll say to her, okay, this is what I want on the page, but I have no idea how to make it look good, you know? And I was funny. I, when we originally first started out, I built, you know, just a generic website to hold our, our domain name. Mm-hmm. And she went on, she goes, Oh no, Amanda. Oh no, no, no. And I was like, Lenny, I was just holding this watch. She's like, no, no, no. I was like, I know <laughs> I was like, this is not my zone of genius. I know, you know? So um, it's really just being vulnerable and being a human being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love it. Great, great insight. <laughs> Question number five, what other business leader like yourself would you like to acknowledge and invite to be on my podcast? So interestingly enough, I know you have said one, but I actually have three that came to mind really quickly. Um, so Paul Roki, who is the CEO and my um, development partner here at Vital Circle with Project Sparrow. Um, Benny Matthews, who is the founder of Orion 3, which is based here in Chicago. And then I also thought about my friend Brad Lawson, who is the uh, CEO of Fern Health. 
Oh, great. So we got three of them. I appreciate you uh, ah. giving me those referrals. <laughs> I'll reach out to them. <laughs> and, and our final question, question number six, please tell me about your first job. So this is super exciting. Um, my first job was in high school as the manager of a Dairy Queen. Um, so we actually had family friends who were franchise owners and the son had referred me to the dad and said, hey, I have somebody who'd be a really great manager of one of our locations. I remember in high school starting um, weeks after starting and being running the, you know, the, the full Dairy Queen, um, the dad came to me and said to me like, oh, so what year are you in college? I was like, oh, I'm a sophomore in high school. My mom drives me to work every day, you know, <laughs> and he was like, what? Um, you know, so, you know, even to this day, we jokingly, we joke about it in my family. My parents still call me the Dairy Queen princess. Um, and then another funny story from that is um, we had a drive through. This was back you know, I'm dating myself by saying, you know, this was in the 90s um, when you didn't have headsets for drive-thrus and, you know, Dairy Queen has burgers and my dad used to purposely come through the, uh, the drive-thru and scream on the, on the speaker, I will take a Brazier burger, please. <laughs> so, you know, it always made me, it always reminded me of just to laugh and to, you know, now back then it embarrassed the crap out of me, but now it makes me laugh. So. And that's what a parent's job is, is to embarrass their kids, exactly. right? <laughs> Number one job. <laughs> well, safety. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for being on the show. How can people find you? Um, they can reach out to us through the website. Our website is www.vitalcircle.health. Um, and also feel free to email me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. We'd love to connect. Perfect. This is Professor Pete Alexander with the Winning a Business in Life podcast. Find hundreds of previous episodes on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. <laughs>